Hello. So this is a weird one because this is the second half. But I'm also, it's also the intro to an episode. So I don't get to just be like, hey, what's your usual bullshit? I have to go like, hello, and welcome to the second half of our impromptu holiday episode about Home Alone 3 that we accidentally started recording in our actual holiday spectacular. I would call this the New Year's spectacular. Ho, ho, ho. Wait, what's what's no, a New Year's character? Uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy New Year. Welcome Are you excited to- for your ball to drop? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, welcome to the Partial Recall New Year Spectacular. You're referring Our to Our New my... Year's resolution is to record episodes and release them on time. And to get my undescended testicle worked out. Right. Last year, one ball dropped. This year, the next ball is going to drop. It's so weird that people just crowd around Times Square to watch your balls drop. And Listen. for 30... 38 years it just hasn't happened yet i don't really know how to uh make a non-connected segue here but my daughter recently told me it's it's her dream to go to times square for new year's i'm like why is that your dream she's like it's so cool i'm like what about it is cool like being penned in from carson daily like three o'clock until midnight in the freezing cold, like no bathroom, no food, a bunch of strangers everywhere. Now you sound old. Even when I was young, that was my take. What is appealing about time, New Year's? Lame. I think when I was a kid, I also wanted to go to New Year's in Times Square because I was like, oh my God, that would probably be so cool. Because you don't realize how much of a nightmare it is. Correct. But also like the idea of staying up until midnight is cool when you're that age. Totally. When you're our age, you're like, oh, I went to sleep at 10. It was amazing. We're having a New Year's party. We'll oh, really? Are you going to stay awake? Yeah. We nice. usually do. Uh, uh, I do not. We're throwing a soiree. Um, you don't. How many people? How many people? Um, probably around. This is great podcasting. We're just going to talk about your party plans. <laughs> yeah, Welcome to Personal Recall. Plans a party at Yishai's house. Yeah. Probably around 10, I think. Just some uh, local neighborhood friends. Right. So here's the big difference. You're so old. I mean, I'm the same, but you're like, we're going to have a party. It's going to be 10 people. Oh, yeah. We're going to sit around and we're going to like play board games or something. Yeah. It's a grown up party. It's not like a rager. Right. We're going to like drink like champagne the whole time. We're not going to be like drinking like, uh, like fireball. Yeah. Fireball. Did you figure out any other Home Alone themed cocktails? No. And not only that, uh, Avi did not. I was sure he would. Um, ch- ch- he would like text us about how. Oh, we're going to leave was... this in, right? Because obviously yes. he didn't like the first half, the first partial recall holiday spectacular, which will be an annual thing, whether he likes it or not. But why didn't he text us about the Macaulay and how I called it a salad? <laughs> Maybe he didn't finish the app. He's really not a real fan. That That's what we discovered. Like, we learned that he's not a true fan of the podcast. Yeah. And if he's not a true fan, who can we even count on as true who fans? Is? Um, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So any other usual bullshit? We had Christmas here. It was great. We had a ton of presents. I set up the train before Saw the uh, train. all the kids came down. And they, for our listeners, I didn't have any extra kids. My nieces are here. Um, all right. Nieces. And so, uh, yes, I can speak about kids in the plural now. Um, um, yeah, finally you get a small slice of what my life was like. It was really fun. Christmas morning was really fun. Do you call uh, it crimbo? I know that's a thing in the UK. You never heard that? Maybe it's just a no, Liverpool thing. I think not, though. never heard that. Yeah. Crimbo. I feel like someone's playing a prank on you. No. They're no, like, crimbo, crimbo, mate. And you're like, yes. I definitely want to fit in in this Liverpool yeah. bar I go Crimbo, to. noun, British, an informal word for Christmas. Okay. Did you got to start that. saying it. When you get back to work uh, after New Year's, you be like, how is everyone's crimbo? And just see how it goes okay. over. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do that. I will definitely do that. <laughs> I know, but it was really nice. And we made sure to get the girls uh, the exact same presents so that we would have no fights. Oh, yeah, I looked up Slovenian families. Unsuccessful. <laughs> uh, in the U.S., apparently, they're called calico critters. That sounds uh, very way more like you could really see like one's 
UK and one's US. Like, Sylvanian families. It's like, Calico Critters! Catch them all! Yeah, and they'd be like the critters on Woody's Roundup in Toy Story. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, they're cute. They play with them. It's great. Uh, I don't know. Christmas was really fun. We wrote them a letter from Santa, which hopefully they don't listen to the podcast, because otherwise I'm really blowing up <laughs> Santa's spot. <laughs> Uh, well, they'll know how it works. You work for Santa. So the other thing is, the night before, my niece was like, we've got to leave out three carrots in addition to the cookies. And I'm like, why three carrots? And she's like, because there are three reindeer. And my, my dad was like, uh, there are eight reindeer. And I'm like, Dad, I only have one carrot. So don't fuck <laughs> this up. Uh, I like how your Jewish father is just like, actually, there's eight reindeer. <laughs> and then I was like, aren't there nine reindeer? And they were all like, Rudolph doesn't count as a reindeer. And I think that's Rudolph Erasure. I'm just going to say it. That's uh, Rudolph. They're like, Rudolph's not really part of the team. And I'm like, as far as I know, Rudolph makes the whole thing go with his bright red nose. Yeah. That's Rudolph so, racism. Yeah. Rudolph Erasure. That's what it is. Yeah. That's bad. Uh, um, I thought she was like, maybe the Easter Bunny, <laughs> Easter Bunny would show up with Santa and wanted the carrot. But yeah, we watched Home Alone while wrapping the gifts. The night after Christmas, we watched Home Alone too. So we actually did your Sunday night, Monday night. Oh, nice. Uh, Hello. Yeah. Um, really great. Those are great movies. Great movies. And then two nights ago, I watched Home Alone 3. When did you watch it? I started it Wednesday night uh, at like midnight. I don't know why. And I watched... I would have finished it, but for, I was like, it's 1.30. I should go to sleep. So I went to sleep, and then I finished it the next morning. So do you want to do the recap, or should I? Because uh, we got to do the recap. This is the second half of the Home Alone 3. Right. Episode. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are you are you particularly raring to do the recap? I think I remember it fairly well. I can do the recap. Okay. I mean, yeah. we remember the movie actually decently well. It opens with an international... It opens with, in Hong Kong, I believe. Yeah. And they're like, this missile chip will be $10 million, and whoever has it will be dominating in the region. And it's like, that doesn't seem like enough money for that. But uh, I guess it was 1997. $10 million in 1997 was like a billion dollars now. At least, maybe a trillion. Uh, It just doesn't seem like enough money. But anyway... Uh, you know, I'm glad that you said that. We haven't adjusted for inflation (laughs) recently in in this podcast. It used to be a a recurring Uh, bit. Yeah. We also haven't done Jewish Transformers in a while or Film Twitter Corner. Yeah. Uh, I have anyway. some film. Ooh, I have some Film Twitter Corner. Thanks for reminding me. Should I do my Jewish Transformer now or should I save it for later? Well, I'll wait to the end. I'll save it. Okay. Um, yeah, so they're like, we're going to get this thing. Okay, then they cut to a guy leaving Silicon Valley. He works at the company that makes this chip and he has stolen one of the chips and he gives it to someone under a bridge and they give him some money. Did you think they were going to shoot him until you realized it was a kid's movie? I definitely thought he was going to die. Because they were like, he's like, where's the money? And I was like, this is the part where they shoot him. And then I'm like, oh, right, this is a children's movie. <laughs> they give him the money. Yeah. And then he's like, and then okay. he has the money. He's like, good corruption. See you later. Like, you're saying it's a kid's movie. What I learned from this kid's movie is that corporate espionage pays. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah okay. so, so they get the chip. So then they get the chip and then they're like, we're going to bring this chip back. We're going to hide it in this remote control car, which they put in a bag from a store called Parisian. Is yeah. that a real bag? Is that a real store? I don't know if it's a real store, but it was obviously a terrible choice because the airport was littered with Parisian bags. Correct. They should have put it in literally anything else. Yes. So then they put it through security. They're like the most suspicious people ever walking through security. But whatever, they walk through security, they get through fine, but an old lady takes their back. Then that old lady gets home with, oh, right, sorry. Then they realize that the old lady has taken, the, that someone else has taken the back. And realize she's going to Chicago, which Well, makes, they see, they're like, she's not on the flight, the person's not on the flight to New York or Las Vegas or Los Angeles or wherever. And then he's like looking at the flights and he's like, now boarding Chicago. They're like, it must be on the flight to Chicago. They're very, they're international criminals. <laughs> they, she could have been at any other gate going anywhere else. 
She could have got to her flight really early. It's true. Yes. They're international criminals. They have an intuition for these things. Sure. So then they get on the flight with her. They don't find it while they're on the flight. No. Um, and then right there should have been a scene where they're searching like all the overhead but, compartments. But by the time they leave the flight, they know that she has it. Right. So they well, obviously they see, see her. her the no, they see her. It. No, they only see her like walking down the the walkway afterwards. Got it. I might have missed that. And she's like, Mister, what are they? What's the main guy? Whatever. She's like, Mister, blah blah. And then they're like, they all start running towards her. Right. Like, so they don't very, get to her, but they 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 see that there's a taxi that takes her. And he takes a uh, and they get the taxi glove. number and then with his how do they yeah with, with his, his glove it was like a glove it was camera. in his glove or in his watch oh anyway oh, he had okay. a secret camera he takes a picture of the secret camera then he he tracks down the cabbie and he's like where'd you take them and he's like for the second time to... I thought they were going to murder somebody but they did right. they're like we took him to Washington Lane it was uh uh this kind of house this a Tudor right the Tudor house and the driveway wasn't shoveled. So then they go to that house, and all of the houses are. Oh no! Tutored. Then we cut to correct. We cut to the house, and our our Macaulay Culkin stand-in is shoveling name? the driveway. What's what's the character's name? I want to say Kevin. I want to say Alex, but that's the actor's name, right? Yeah, Alex is the actor's name. The character's name is. The character's name is also Alex. Oh yeah, Alex Pruitt. Okay, so Alex is there. He's shoveling the driveway, and she's like, you did the job late. And he's like, I'm sorry, you don't have to pay me. And then she's like, what, you'll tell everyone I stiffed you? And so then she <laughs> gives him the toy car as payment. Um, so she's, she's meant like, to be... Does this look like sourdough bread to you? Uh, yeah. She's meant to be uh, Old Man Marley or the Pigeon Lady of this movie. Correct. She has kind of that vibe. She's very grumpy, but she he's not scared of her ever. Right. So then he brings her home. Great. And then he discovers that he has chicken box. And we also meet his siblings. His sister, Scarlett Johansson, is preparing to cheat on a math test by writing the questions on the bottom of her shoe. Yeah. Have you ever done that? That seems like something you've done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For right on the bottom of my shoe, I used to have little pieces of paper I would unroll. When I was I used in to high write school. write on my inside of my shirt and then, like, lift up my, my sleeve. Yeah, when I was that. in high school, um, uh, everyone cheated off of me in math. Brag. Um, including Steve Gallo, listener of the podcast, named huh. first and last. <laughs> um, He'll end up in court we, with you. The way that we cheated wasn't clever at all. I would literally just write all my answers in my like test booklet, and then I would just hand the test booklet to the person behind me, who would write all the answers in theirs, and they would hand it to the person behind them, and it would just pass around the room, and I would just sit at my desk for like 15 minutes with nothing in front of me. And then it would come back to me, and then I would turn it in. Uh, what was your teacher doing? So the next year I was in a different math class. And then she says to me, she says, uh, she goes, Mr. Dweck, where are you? The entire back of the room is failing. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> so she totally knew what was happening and she just let it happen. Uh, good teacher. Yeah. Um, is it? Yeah, teach uh, a man to fish and, you know, he can eat for the rest of his life. But if you teach kids teach a man to how to copy off of each other, they buy a fish, learn how they to can eat right do down. math. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes, I thought that was funny. And then there's the Buzz stand-in who has kind of the same Buzz haircut, but sucks so much. I, not to get into review territory, but specifically the kid who is playing the Buzz stand-in is like trying so hard to be cool, and he seems like such a dork. Do you think the parents were like, you can each have one exotic pet? but no normal pets. What did like, Scarlett Johansson have? I don't think she had anything. I think she was too cool. He had that. a bird that kept going like, and like we're saying funny things, funny yeah. in air quotes. Like, uh, and Alex I has a rat. Sniffing farts, stuff like that. Right. I mean, you do. And we know that. That's true. Uh, Alex has a rat. And a yeah. bug that gets stepped on. Oh, like the brother dribbles the basketball on it. And he's like, watch out for your brother's bug. Watch out for your brother's bug, is what the parrot is saying. And then, the brother goes and like, then he smushes the bug, and then he makes a shoots dumb face. the basket through the hoop, and he's like, nothing but net. It, yeah. it sucks. He sucks. Uh, the movie is trying way too hard. It's like in Stuart Little 2, when they're like, Stuart Little skateboards now. He's cool. That's yeah. exactly how cool this brother is. They should have followed the Stuart Little template here and done Home Alone 3 uh, animated. Home Alone 3, this time he's a mouse? 
No, <laughs> not that template. Uh, Stuart Little 1 and 2 were live action, but Stuart Little 3 was uh, fully animated. I believe it or not, I did not know that Stuart Little 3 existed until you just said that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Same voice actors, but... Um, it's pretty cool, is it? I mean, my kids like it. Oh, there you go. Uh, partial recall approved. It's in the canon. <laughs> Stuart Little 3. Uh, okay, so... Then these criminals, they get there and they're like, mm, all the houses are, all the driveways are paved. All the houses look the same. We don't know which one it is, but we know it's on this street. There are like 10 houses. We're going to rent a house nearby mm-hmm. and we're going to scope out all the houses and we're going to find this thing. So they start to do that. Um, and Alex, at this point, also realizes that he has chicken pox. He has to stay home. So he's home. His mom's working from home. His dad is going on a business trip. His siblings are in school. His He's mom's not boss yeah. sucks. His mom's boss does suck. So then Alex is like using his telescope. His mom is like, I have to go out for one hour. Be cool. And he's like, I have your phone number. I have dad's phone number. I'll be fine. So she goes out for one hour. He's using his telescope. He sees a man in one of the neighbor's houses. He yeah. calls the police. The police in this Kick movie the door in. are good at their jobs. They show up immediately. Yeah. They take this super seriously. They drive really fast. They get there. They kick open the door. Too good at their jobs. Correct. If but it's it's as if they're compensating the for their performance in Home Alone One too. <laughs> yes, you know what it is. Probably because it's set in Chicago. It's probably the same suburb. They probably got like abysmal reviews <laughs> from, from the couple few years before. <laughs> now they have to like the cop had bad Yelp reviews. Yeah, they had to like step it up. You know, the superintendent is like, like we're going to defund your Thomas. department. Right. If there's yeah. anything the last few years have taught us, it's that cops absolutely don't care about reviews. Uh, I mean, they're nice to lose their service. I get it. But they show up immediately. You probably uh, love they, these cops. They were like they break kicking down the door. doors. Right. And they're like, there was no one there. Don't make prank phone calls. So then the next day, his mom has to and go And then the Pruitt again. family, who's already in a bit of a financial pickle because they right. bought a mansion they couldn't afford, um, they didn't have to pay for this door. So right. Alex, the door and Scarlett like, Johansson rubs that. He's, she's like, we're poor. And now mom and dad have to buy a new door, you little jerk. She didn't Correct. say, she that should happens. have said a little jerk. And then, um, so then the next day his mom has to go out again and he again sees a man in the house and he again calls the police and the police again show up and they well, break down thinks, the door and they don't find him. But this time he's like, I'm confident in calling the cops because like I'm catching him early enough that that Correct. Like, He'll, and the cops actually get there. there. He's still yep. in the house. He does, a and he's hiding in the ceiling. Mission Impossible because he's an international criminal. It's a Mission Impossible move, right? Yeah, slash Spider Man. Right. Uh, Catch, catches the bead of sweat before it falls. Right. He's like, oh. uh, and um, and then the police are like, the police chief comes to their house and so, like, son. So at this point. And I know we're, I'm sort of weaving in the review. At this point, I'm like, okay, first of all, this isn't Home Alone. This is Rear Window Jr. And it should be called Rear Window Jr. And people would like it. That, uh, they made Rear Window Jr. It was called uh, Disturbia. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, Disturbia is Rear Window Jr. as well. Yeah. Um, with Shia And that movie made $100 million. It's a good movie. Uh, and that's exactly what this movie is. Yes, you're right. He's stuck home with chicken pox. You might notice that I have not really mentioned Christmas yet, and I am not going to mention Christmas. Correct. Uh, if we're going to like weave in reviews, and at this, this is, point, this though, is not this betraying is kind of not, cooking for me. Right. So this is not betraying my overall feelings of the movie. I think that this movie's biggest flaw is calling itself Home Alone Three. Correct. I agree a hundred percent. Okay, we're going to get into reviews. I think we're like super on the same page. Yeah. Okay, so he he then. At this point, he's learned two things. One, I can't call the police because the police are not going to find this person. I just want to mention gonna about the police when they show up the second time. Because this is like such a, a kid movie thing that I noticed. His mom is like, and he's never going to call the cops again. And then the police chief's like, well, if it's truly an emergency, you should always call the cops. He like looks directly at the camera. <laughs> like, you should always call the cops. Up to you kids about calling the cops. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's really funny. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Right. The cops in this movie are portrayed very, very well. In contrast yeah. to most of the kids' movies we've covered. There's no one here. Right. Tell her to count her kids, kids again. again. Or yeah. like when she first calls and they put her on hold. Yeah. Crazy lady on three. <laughs> pick up, pick up, pick up. Oh, hi, uh, man. Oh, it's you again, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, okay. So then 
So then he, right. He's like, yes, never so call the like, cops. He's like, I have to do this myself. But he also like, figured out, honestly, like, again, they're casing and, the street. He, he identifies them all, like, wa- like walking right. down the street. Like, but they're, they're extremely good. conspicuous. <laughs> it, at this point, I'm literally like, this movie is actually doing a better job setting up the situation than Home Alone. Like, it makes, the, the parents clearly don't want to leave him home alone. Right. It isn't an accident. It's very believable. It's clear why he wouldn't call the police. It is almost as if this movie was reverse engineered from some online fan criticism of like, right. why did Kevin, Kevin's such a Mary Sue, why didn't Kevin call the police? Like all of this stuff that Kevin could have done. The movie's right. like explaining why Alex doesn't do those things, which the movie doesn't really need to do. No one is actually watching Home Alone and making those complaints while they're watching right. it. Um, but this movie does it like it fully explains why the situation is believable. What and I it still is. it is, except to the point where like, if I were Alex or Kevin, frankly, I would set all my traps. I would welcome them into my house of horrors, but then I would call the cops like right when they showed up, because then like they'd be in the midst of like falling to all my traps. But then I would also ensure I wouldn't get murdered at the end of it. Like, Correct. that's when I so, would call the cops. Okay, so here's the... Okay, okay. so then they go into the third house. And so at he, this point, Alex straps his camcorder to the remote control car, which has unbelievable range. And yeah. he drives into... Which, by the way, I wanted a car like that so bad. That remote control car works how I always wanted remote control cars to work. Can I segue uh, slightly into a childhood memory not yes, about this i got a really good remote control car like like that like it was like a stunt car that like it it wouldn't like, was it the one that flipped over so it wasn't that one but it was one that like it meaning it didn't have the wheels that were bigger than the base of the body so no matter what happened but it was one that would always find a way to like upright itself and i was super excited about it and like i was driving it the first day and i drove it into a sewer because i was because <laughs> i was driving it down so i lived on like a a block that was like it was slanted downwards and then basically there was one street the street where the woods were that i used to go explore called west end mm-hmm. drive so my street sean, is that where sean green lived or he lives across the street from me. yeah so my i drove it down <laughs> my street onto west end drive and i was scared that uh a car would hit it so i i turned it trying to like get back on the sidewalk and i went straight into the sewer i was so mad <laughs> i was so mad <laughs> So I got my friend, who also lived around the corner for me. <laughs> we got a crowbar, Home Alone style. We opened the um, uh, like sewer cover and took it off. And then we had like a neighbor, and uh, me and my friend were we crowbarred the thing off of it, and we were basically fishing for my remote control car, trying to get it out. And the guy screams out his window. He goes, "Hey, you kids better put that." Pothole back on. I'm not falling down the sewer again. <laughs> it was so funny. We got so scared, though. And I quickly <laughs> put the pothole back on and ran away. I never got my car back. It's the... Uh... <laughs> it's a true story. It's the again. Yeah, it was again, the again. really killing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> at least in my mind, that's what he said. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it's amazing. That was my best car I ever had because I would always get like junky ones that would break, but like this one was awesome. And I, did you ever I get the ones that were tethered to the control? Yeah. What were those for? <laughs> it's like walking a dog. You have to like walk after it. Right. That was like they were like, well, we can't really afford a radio transmitter. Yeah. Do you want this piece of garbage instead? Um, Sorry for that segue. That was incredible. That was incredible. Uh, Uh, So, yeah, he he rides it into the house. How awesome was it when he got to the stairs and he's like, "Ah, what do I do? And then he He used the car to push the rug down the stairs stairs and use it as a ramp. Yeah. So, anyway, he sees the guy. He gets him on camera. But then they they grab the car. Well, there's a whole craziness. Whatever. There's a whole chase scene. They grab the car. They take the tape out of the camera. Okay, then, question about that. Well, hold Did on, you hold see on. him take the tape out of the camera? Yes. I saw him take the tape out of the answering machine in the house. No, I saw him take the tape out of the camera as well. 
Okay. He takes the tape out of the camera and then he gives the camera to the lady thief and he's like, get the chip. And then he drives on her face <laughs> and escapes from her. And she's like, I lost it. And then, and then they figure out, okay, they figure out where the house is. And he's like, why did they chase the, and so then they're chasing the, right. He's like, they got the tape. And then Alex realizes, ah, they must want something that's in the car. So right. he takes the car apart. Because he they got the, the tape. He calls the Air Force recruitment office. Just and they're big. like, they don't believe him. But then this trickles back to the like FBI or the CIA or the yeah. whatever, NSA. And so they also are like, we have to go to this, this town. Fine. So then they all know they need to go to his house. And it sets up for this showdown at his house. He booby traps the house. A bunch of booby traps happen. My criticism about setting up the booby traps is you don't see him do it. You see oh, you see a few, some. but not to the extent. I guess actually that's uh, probably true. I'll Kevin tell you. Well. I'll tell you the criticism that completely underdoes the traps in a second. So then he sets the traps. Then they go through the traps. It's very Home Alone-y. They walk into all the traps. They get punched in the balls. They get frozen. They get dropped. They get stuck in mud. They get stuck in ice. They get hit et cetera, in the balls et cetera, et cetera. by one of their compatriots because right. they hit each other in the balls because of the rat. Yeah. Uh, and then the police come and arrest them, and they can't find... Oh, they also tie up, because... Oh, they tie up the old lady. The old lady is walking over to check on Alex, and Alex is like, no, 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 go back, in his mind, because he doesn't want to scream at her. And then they I- intercept her, and then tie her up, and then Alex eventually frees her, which is kind of a, re- a reverse Home Alone 1 old and 2 Marley, old yeah. person thing. Um Alex You're is right. even better than And Kevin. then it turns out that she's not the worst person in the world. She's kind yeah. of like um, Mrs. Fig in Harry Potter. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right? She's like the neighbor. And they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. the mother keeps referencing that she's like asking the neighbor to look in on him or whatever. Right. Which is annoying. Um, and she's annoyed by it. The old lady's annoyed by it. Uh, and anyway, then the movie ends. The police get them. And they're like, oh, we only got the three of them. We didn't get the ringleader. And then... The ringleader is hiding out in Alex's igloo, which like is wired with booby firecrackers, trap. and the bird sets it off with a match. Because and the police find him. This oh, is because like a, he only a has Chekhov's cracker. cracker. They show Correct. it earlier in the movie. Right, he Alex slips needs a to cracker. Give the parrot two crackers, and then we see the bad, the bad guy slip one cracker into his pocket. Not bird related. I think they like ordered soup or something. Like it was totally incidental. Um, and then yeah, he is like. Double or nothing. And then he's like, it's the only one I have, please. And then he blows up. Okay. So what did you think of the movie? <sighs> okay. I It was a bit of a roller coaster. In the end, I did not think it was as bad as I expected it to be. My main Same. criticisms are, number one, it should never have been called Home Alone 3. Agreed. It doesn't take place at Christmas. Oh, or, wait. We forgot one thing. We forgot one thing. Yeah. At the end, the Air Force gives the, – the movie explicitly says that the Air Force figure. gives Alex a six-figure sum yeah. for returning the chip. Which Scarlett Johansson – Which is just so before, 90s. Yeah. So it should never have been called Home Alone 3. It, I guess, Agreed. technically is set at Christmas because there's wreaths on the door. Uh, that's literally the only Christmas reference in the entire movie. They, they say the word Christmas tree a couple times. Okay. Um – so that and then the other thing that I think really dragged it down as far as the comparison to Home Alone is it was so obviously meant to be Home Alone 3. The bad guys were terrible in comparison so, to Harry and Marv, so not only the, as characters, but as actors. So here's the thing that's interesting. The, the movie actually does a reasonable job for the first like 30, 40 minutes of setting them up as like very competent and kind of scary in a way like it sets them up as very competent early on like they use a lot of technology they're casing the thing like the main bad guy escapes the police that one time like and they show him doing it uh and yet when they get into the traps and like and harry and marv are always portrayed as stupid but But it's it's basically because harry and marv are played by joe pesci and uh what's his name daniel stern daniel stern who are great actors, and Joe Pesci especially is a great actor who is also known for playing criminals. 
Uh, right. But like scary criminals, like despite the fact that they're portrayed as stupid, they're scary. Right. And they have dignity. The thing I kept thinking yes. about is that scene in The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob's brother, you meet Sideshow Bob, has his brother Cecil. Uh, his brother is Cecil, who's played by Niles Crane from Frasier. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so they do like the whole Frasier thing. And he really always wanted to be a clown. And he shows up for his like clown audition and he doesn't get the part. And then his Sideshow Bob is like wearing a suit and Krusty throws a pie at his face and his hair like shoots up. And he's like, see, you got to have dignity like that guy. <laughs> and that's the thing I kept thinking of is like when Sideshow Bob gets hit in the face by a pie, it's funny because the character has dignity. Right. And is upset. And these characters never like it was never funny when a bad thing happened to them. Yeah, that's a good observation. They were very cartoonish. Um, they couldn't they were, sell it. They could not sell it. They anymore. could not sell it. They were very stiff. Right. Despite not, the fact that the movie does the work, again, to make them competent and scary, it just doesn't pull it off. They were bad actors. I agree. They were bad actors. They were bad characters. And that, I think, really ruined, again, because you have such a clear parallel. It was like a lot of similar set pieces, like the rat hitting him in the balls the same way like mm-hmm. that uh marv hit harry because of the tarantula and like a lot of that same stuff like they just were not selling it in the same way at all and so the fact that it was called home alone three but for the for the christmas reason and for the bad guy reason i think really you couldn't help but see it as like a bad imitation yep those things aside i thought it was a decent kids movie Agreed. and it was so 90s like the music was so 90s uh, that's the other thing you didn't mention but it's it's i have a note of six problems with the movie the sixth problem is just no john williams yes but the reason the trap setup scene doesn't hit is it scored to some like shitty 90s pop song (laughs) as opposed to iconic john williams it was like this is my house like that was like what was playing when he was setting up the traps I mean, it's probably the exact music you were listening to in 1997 yes. with your, like, giant flannel shirts. So what I would think uh, of this movie is, like, it's not a perfect comparison. There's probably much better ones. But, like, this is, like, the American pie of kids' movies. Like, it was set. And the other thing you have to kind of, like, remember, not, like, but, like, it, that vibe, right? It's, no, it's a good call. It's it's a good call in that, like, it, I think what you're saying, if I'm, we'll finish what you're saying because I have a Well, I'm just saying, like, that vibe, that, like late 90s like music attitude like all that stuff like it just because what i was thinking about is home alone one was released in 1990 home alone two was released in 92 which means they were home alone one was shot in the 80s for sure and then home alone two was shot very early 90s so like they're almost 80s movies even though like they're and Mm -hmm. whereas like this one is i guess only released five years later but feels 15 years later as far as like the vibe of the movie well i think to to that end like part of what i thought you were saying is like american pie is a movie that when it came out it was like one of my favorite movies i loved american pie and i think if i watched it now i would just be like this doesn't feel like anything like i think it would feel very very of its exactly it's a very of its moment movie and i think that's true of this movie as well yes like this movie probably i mean it didn't really work for us in 1997 because it was called home alone yes if it was ever going to work, it would have been in 1997. And like, meaning if this movie was like not Home Alone 3 and it was like Blank Check or like Richie Rich or like Spy Kids or like any like original kids movies that came and it came out in 97. So all of the musical cues and all of the slang was like era appropriate. I think we probably would have liked it. I think we would Agreed. have been like, this is a fun movie. If I it had been called Rear Window Junior, <laughs> which is what it should have been called. It actually would have been a funny, very funny name if that's what it was called. Um, yeah, it just has too much baggage saddled to it. The other – okay, so my, my – Including, my, by the way, the fact that John Williams – sorry, uh, that, that John Hughes wrote and produced it and the director was the editor for Home Alone 1 correct. and 2. Like this movie needed to be completely divorced – from Home Alone 1 and 2. Though I, I don't think you could have done the whole he booby-trapped his house thing 
and not had it been like everyone would have been like, oh, this is just a riff on Home Alone. But it's okay. I think that's that would have been like, oh, this is like a modern quote unquote, like you know, like snotty, like right. pop punk Home Alone, which I, I, th- I would have been happier with than to call it Home Alone three because like you're you're so. Yeah. So this is the other problem with the movie in being a Home Alone movie. He's not really Home Alone, right? Uh, and it's in in two ways. One, he's not. He's literally not like his right. brother and sister are at school, and his mom is like an hour away. Yeah, like the, the, he's just not home alone. Agreed. But also, his family doesn't hate him. <laughs> he doesn't learn anything. So Kevin, I, I don't in, think Kevin's family hates on. him. In well, so I think he's alone, a very difficult child, and so they are really, really crucial in Home Alone One. Kevin wishes that he didn't have a family and then wakes up without a family and then learns through the course of the movie that he actually wants a family. Not in just Home family, Alone his 2, family. In Home Alone 2, Kevin <laughs> wishes that he would go to a place that's more Christmassy than Florida. <laughs> Look, Home Alone 2 isn't as good as Home Alone 1 in this way, right? Yeah. Uh, but again, he's separated from his family. He thinks that that's great. And then he learns. The There's an element of, of like, be careful what you family. wish for. Yes. The alone portion. Yes. Right? Like, this movie doesn't care about that at all. No. And because it's not a it, Christmas movie. I agree. It, that's a big miss for the movie. The kid doesn't learn anything throughout the course of the movie. But again, that's what I'm saying. If it wasn't called Home Alone. But even for a kid's movie to be good, I want the kid to have a misbelief. The kid is right the whole time. That's yeah. He's that's never fair. a bad kid. He never makes a mistake. He never says anything that isn't true. You know, Sorry, I'm like really, I'm really lounging right now. <laughs> I put the laptop down and I'm like, I'm not paint me, like, podcast me like one of your French girls. Your stomach is literally coming out of your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Should we call the episode that? Uh, podcast me like one of your French girls. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Um, you know, <laughs> to your point about, um, uh, that he's a good kid throughout because it's home alone three, there is like a brief moment in the middle of the movie where his mom gets mad at him for calling the cops twice in a row where he is like, well, sorry for like, and like he tries to do a little bit of like a Kevin McAllister which felt forced and like, oh, we need to make him a bit more Kevin McAllister. He's a good kid, a smart kid. I was thinking that's an interesting distinction between Kevin and Alex. Where like, Kevin is like a, a psychopath. And like, well, Alex is like an engineer. Like, that is like... The, like well, that's the other thing. In, in Home Alone, they establish that Kevin can't take care of himself. Right. Except when it comes to like, bloodlust. In which case he becomes like... <laughs> Like but a savant. At the beginning of the movie, they're like, Kevin, pack your suitcase. And he's like, I don't know how to pack my suitcase. Right. What, what do I even put in this? Buzz already told you. Toilet paper and water. <laughs> yeah. I'm eight years old. I don't know how to pack a suitcase. Like, Kevin, you're totally useless. Did you notice in the right? beginning of Home Alone 2 that he does, he like is packing his own suitcase, I think, I believe? I don't remember that. But, I mean, you're probably right. Um. I'm having a foot cramp, which is why I keep like <laughs> rolling over. For the listener, I'm podcasting in bed because I have family staying in my house, and so my office is booked. My office is full. You should have booked some time in your office. Um. So yeah. Okay. So what's your score on the movie? What did we? You okay? You thought you were going to give the movie a three. I thought I was yeah. going to give it a four. What did you actually give it? It's hard to give it a like one cohesive score because it's hard to divorce it from like meaning my. Non Home Alone three Home Alone three score is like a six. My Home Alone three as Home Alone three score is like a five because I think there's baggage weighing it down. I gave it a five. I gave it a five. Yeah. On Letterbox, I, I I think that's what it is. There's a couple of things I like that I really want to call out. I like the part where Alex does the scream. That's the Home Alone reference when he sees yes. his chicken pox. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone in his family thinks. His they dad say tells the person he's he, on the phone with, my son just slammed the toilet on his thing. <laughs> they all think he closed the toilet on his penis. That's a that is a you only have a daughter, so you don't know. Not that my sons have done it, but this is a thing that has happened to. I know. Uh, Are you about to reveal something? 
No, not to be too graphic, but I have a friend whose son did that, and his his penis got bruised, and it had to like subside. Uh, it's a thing because like the kids, they they they're so small. The, at the kids, explain yes, explain. The kids are so small that they when they pee, they like put their whole body against the the toilet. They're not peeing from a distance, and then. A lot of kids, especially like in houses where like they they know to like put the toilet seat down, just put the seat down. But like they're still like up against the toilet. I'm just saying it's a thing that that does happen. Uh, uh, so that really made me laugh. It really made me laugh that they it was all very immediately funny. were like, "That's what happened." The way I'll relate it to my kids is that they do that same like leaning against like the porcelain bowl in like public restrooms. I'm like, "Don't do that. Like, just take uh, two steps back, please." Um, yeah, but it that was very funny. There were not yeah, as so many. My daughter, funny my daughter does that. My daughter does that movie. when I take her to the toilet. Also, she like yeah. grabs it with her hands and like looks in yeah. or like walks up to the urinals and she goes, "Those are daddy toilets." And just like, and then she goes like, "I see your penis." <laughs> um, that was very funny. But there were I I was like texting you, ever like both. Home Alone 1 and 2 watching, just like, there are so many good lines that are not even the lines you quote that are just so funny in those movies. Um, like when uh, when uh, John Candy's like going on and then she's like, uh, oh, these are songs <laughs> when he's like talking about. <laughs> There's just so many good little lines and this movie definitely did not succeed on that level. Um, I think Agreed. his parents were also like, to the mom was decent the dad was like kind of blah um whereas like i I like the dad in home alone uh peter McAllister. i think there's like he seems like a believable dad yeah this dad's like oops i forgot my pants correct remember remember that part that was like trying very hard to be funny yeah he's like are you forgetting something where's your wallet he's like it's in my pocket he's like where's your pocket right so like the not only was the plotting not as strong, like the the writing, like the line to line writing in this movie wasn't as strong. Um, but it, again, if it like if it was not called Home Alone three, is it like that different? Well, I think still, part of it is I was just like really Jumanji, to... but like Jumanji is like higher concept, but like that kind of like vibe, right? Like a kids so, movie. I think I think so. You referenced it in the pre show, and it's we. I think we talked about it in last episode, but like. Roger Ebert liked this movie more than Home Alone 1 and 2. And part of that is he hated Home Alone 1 and 2. Why? Uh, and so if you read his Home Alone 3, he at least hated Home Alone 2. But if you read his Home Alone 3 review, he starts by saying like, well, I have to apologize, right? Because I saw Home Alone 2. His Home Alone 2 review ends with, if they make Home Alone 3, don't make me go see it or something. Right. Right. And then he's like, well, I saw Home Alone 3 and it's actually pretty good. Um and when you read his Home Alone 3 review, what he talks about is, like, he doesn't really like the mean-spiritedness and the violence of Home Alone 1 and 2. And in this movie, like, you mentioned it, like, Alex is not as mean-spirited as Kevin. No one And the violence. And the funny. violence is, is less impactful. It is also why the traps don't work. Right. Part of why the traps don't work. Although, he, that's, in the beginning, the first few traps, I'm like, oh, this is like the MPAA was like. The same way, like Looney burning people. Yeah, like Looney Tunes. You see, like farm, right? Like that changed over the course of our childhood. Like the only vestiges you still see of that are like the NFL. Like that hasn't Isn't changed yet. Face with a lawnmower. Um, yeah, that's one. But then in the the first few traps were toned down. But then like a, a a hard trunk full of books falls from like the attic onto them on the porch. So like at first I was like, oh, are they like? tempering these it. traps they don't but tone it they down that much but they tone it down a little bit and i do think it plays less violence I, I personally i think it's part of why they don't work i think the actors are the other part of why it doesn't work but that's right. really what his comment is he's like the movie's just less mean-spirited right um right. it is I wanna, a softer movie than i think Alone what i sent you was um a video like a video of siskel and Ebert arguing about it right was that yeah right? but i didn't watch it 
I'm going to put it in the show notes. So yeah, we've been trying to figure out why this movie was made, and I've been doing a bunch of reading, and really, I think this movie was made because Home Alone 1 and 2 were super successful, and they needed to do something, and Macaulay Culkin retired from acting, and they were like, we got to just do something. Right. What I don't think there's any deeper story. For sure. What I'm shocked about is how the Home Alone, the original Home Alone 3 script has never come out. Like, come to light. Like what oh, the one where he's or... a teenager or whatever? Yeah. Like, well, I also read that there was originally a plan to record Home Alone, to, to tape Home Alone 2 and 3 at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or like Kevin very was close. already like 12 when they shot Home Alone. Right. Very close back to back. I also read that orig- that one of the ideas was to have uh, Fuller be the star of Home Alone 3. Great. But it's... Kieran Culkin rules. It's Kieran Culkin. And he was like, I can't try to like fill my brother's shoes like i think he was he was too intimidated by the prospect but that would have been really fun right right especially now like thinking about it like he's grown up to be a great actor uh, anyway. all, his his parents were uncle frank and uh and what was her name wait really yes i did not know that yeah so like that would have been amazing if that those were the parents oh oh sorry sorry i thought for a second you were saying that the the Macaulay Culkin's actual parents. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying. Correct, yes. Fuller being home alone would be Uncle Frank left behind. It would have been so good. That would have been perfect. Um, Yeah. Okay. So Home Alone 3, not a bad movie, just not a Home Alone movie and definitely not a Christmas movie. Right. Uh, Anything else we need to say about that movie? Have you seen pictures of Alex Lynn's uh, current day? No. He has a master's degree in urban and regional planning. Yeah, of course. He's really good at selling booby traps. Why wouldn't he? I like this article. It's like, he has an Instagram account, but he appears not to use it. It's like, motherfucker, I have an Instagram account. That's not special. Right. Like, they give those to anyone now. But the the thing is, there's just, there's not a lot of interesting things in this movie. Like, I went to the IMDb goofs page. I'm like, oh, maybe there's something interesting in here. Here's one of the goofs. Ready? Someone wrote this down, and nine people said that it's helpful. During the remote control car chase, the bad guy's minivan drives directly over it. From the view of the toy car, you can see a drive shaft running down the center of the undercarriage, which would be impossible on a front-wheel drive vehicle like the Nissan Quest they're driving, which uses half axles to drive the front wheels. That's That's it. That's, That's very helpful. Nine people said that that was helpful. And that's the kind of stuff that people say about this movie. Like, there's just nothing interesting to say about it. It is weird that there's, like, so little behind the making of this. Like, I'm fascinated to understand how they got from Home Alone 3 original plan to this movie. It is hard to understand how they so thoroughly lost the plot. Yeah. Like, to not make this a Christmas movie. Uh, Anyway, that's the Home Alone 3 review. Uh, Pew, pew. Um, would this movie have been better if Jar Jar Binks was the one of the bad guys? Like, imagine if Jar Jar Binks was going through all the traps. It would have been funny. Yes, it would be funny. Or what if Jar Jar Binks was like a tiny Jar Jar Binks instead of uh, his rat? <laughs> like he just had a pet Jar Jar. Yeah, just like climbing onto his shoulder, being like, "Me used to think, me used to think these guys are up to no good." Uh, you used to hit me in the testicles. Wait, there is a line in the movie. When when the guy has the rat crawling in his undercarriage, let's say, and the lady smacks him with the like golf club in the balls, mm-hmm. he says, you, this is an adult man. He says, you smacked my winky. <laughs> That's a Jar Jar big slide. <laughs> you used to smack in my winky. I actually just saw a funny tweet along those lines uh, where someone was like, uh, I was on the phone with my doctor and they were like, any, any, have you been going, any changes in like your, uh, you know, going to the bathroom? And he's like, I guess I've been going a little more. And he's like, she asked me if that was uh, wee wee or poo poo. He's like, I wanted to respond. I'm a 59 year old man. Uh you could say bowel movement or urination, but instead I said wee wee. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all um, right. Anyway, speaking of wee wee and poo poo, 
and poo poo. We also both recently watched Boy and the Heron. Is that is that his transition? Is that a segue? Yeah. Uh, does anyone get smacked in the winky? You saw well, the dub, right? I saw the dub. You saw. How was the, Robert Pattinson in it? It was great. He plays I the hair. Apparently, I know. Apparently, he uh, sounds very similar to the Japanese voice actor who yeah, does the, the hair. The, the heron sounds deranged. Like, yeah. it's a scary character. What yeah. did you think of the movie? So, I liked it. Unreservedly, I liked it. Uh, I think the reason I know Miyazaki is because of you. Like, I think when we were in school, like, you brought some Miyazaki DVDs. I brought Spirited Away and Mononoke. Yeah. So, I really liked both of those movies. And then I didn't really keep up with Miyazaki. Like, I never saw Ponyo. I never saw um, uh, Wind Rises. So you I went into this. see The Wind Rises. I mean, I wanted to watch all of them. So I went into this pretty cold. And by pretty cold, I mean very cold. Um, and I really liked it. Like, I didn't go into it as cold as my wife, who did not know who Miyazaki was. And she's like, what's happening in this movie? Um, but. In my watching of it, I felt like I didn't like it as much as like Mononoke or Spirited Away. Interesting. My take on the movie is when I was watching the movie, I was like, clearly this is a metaphor. Like there's just a ton of metaphor. The second half of the movie is all metaphor, right? But I thought and it, I'm like, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. And, and Or like dream and dream logic and dream metaphor and like. There, I'm like, there's a lot here. There's a ton of meaning going on, and I'm I'm getting some of it. Yeah, but I'm not sure I'm getting all of it. I really want to see the movie again. Yes. Uh, whereas, I, whereas like Spirited Away, because you said like, oh, you didn't like it as much. Spirited Away is a lot less impenetrable. Like you watch Spirited Away, and you just you have this like clear experience of like I understood it. You right. can watch it a second time and get it more. Like the more you watch that movie, it rewards repeated viewings. This movie almost requires them. I feel like, or I left it thinking like. Huh, I need to see that again. Like, I, I loved it, and I loved what I got from it. But I, I also left it not – unsatisfied is the wrong word, but, like, right. in this state of, like, I know that watching it a second time will be more rewarding. Right. I, so I think – not to say I'm a very, like, smart moviegoer, but, like, I think the things that I got are, like, the important things. Agreed. Like, meaning, like – it's about like moving on from his the loss of his mother and like accepting the new mother and like you know all of that was like tied to like the grand uncle like that part I totally got. I think the other stuff are kind of just like ideas that were like in Miyazaki's head that he just wanted to like get out. And so I'm not sure that like they fit into the larger metaphor, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have to watch right, it again. That's the thing. I'm not sure how much of it maps one to one or like, yeah, to your point, like how much of it is just like, here's an idea. Boom. An idea. Right. I feel like he's like, this is my last movie. And like, I really love this parakeet army thing. <laughs> like <laughs> eatable, eatable. Yeah. Did they say eatable or edible in the English? So I only heard the eatable when I was listening to blank check afterwards. So I don't, I didn't, I'm not sure they say no, because they all have the knives behind their back. It's the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's, it's so, so funny. funny. It's so funny. My other not complaint about the movie. This is a me thing, not a movie. Not the movie thing. The first half of the movie, after the fire, obviously, is pretty slow, mm-hmm. and I was so tired, and I kept nodding off, like. Ooh. In that first half, I'm like, something's got to happen or I'm going to totally fall asleep here. And then to the movie's credit, something very much happened. A lot happened. Um, happened. Uh, Yeah, I I definitely loved it. I'm I'm super excited to see it a second time. I'm planning to see the dubbed version for Pattinson specifically uh, next week. uh, Willem Dafoe is also great. As the Um, pelican? Yeah, who's like bleeding out of his mouth. Um, Movie's so gross in a lot of ways. Just some of the imagery is unbelievable. Uh, so the I, thing I was that super into I, it. I, I, struck me this time. So the thing I, I don't, I don't think this is the movie's intention, and therefore I won't hold the movie against it. But I think the context, the outside context, necessary or not necessarily necessary, but like that informs so much of the movie that makes it so tied to like fully understanding like all the little things I think is a little unfair. Meaning I don't think Miyazaki wants you to know all that context, but I think there are 
re- reviews I've read have said the movie is much richer for understanding all these different elements at play. I, I actually think it's really interesting that your takeaway from the movie is like very clear. Like the movie is about the boy like overcoming and not like escaping into his own fantasies and not like giving into the void and like learning to love his new mother. Because I have a lot more of that context and I watch the movie and I'm like, oh man, this movie is really a criticism of Goro Miyazaki. And it's like... That's what you thought? It, it, part of me, right? Because right, I, that's what I'm saying. I have, no idea like, I have built this world, and in my head, the granduncle is Hayao Miyazaki, and like he's built this world of Ghibli, and he's like trying to pass it on to his grand nephew, and like Goro Miyazaki has been trying to take on the legacy of Ghibli, and is like absolutely failing to do so, uh, and like this movie is basically saying like don't try to rebuild the creations of your ancestors, and like. It's to your. I think it's to your benefit as a moviegoer that you're not thinking about any of that right. when you're watching this movie because that's not what the movie's about. Right. Right. But it's also hard to ignore the Goro Miyazaki of it all when you're watching right. it. And there's like all this additional context of if like you know about it. Right. All these like other like his like uh, most trusted confidant slash like mentor slash like co-conspirator uh, died when he was in the middle of making this movie. And mm-hmm. like he, w- they were writing it together, and it, the, mo- the plot was supposed to be. Di- and so, like, this is like interesting context. This is true for any director, right? But like, there's so much of that that you can read into it that, like, I think is interesting in hindsight. But like, I'm glad I didn't know any of it going into the movie because, right. like, but like, what do you make of a thing like the Warawara puffing themselves up and floating away, and then getting eaten by pelicans, and then getting burned by Lady Himu, who's trying to save them from the pelicans, and like. They're the souls that are going to go into the next. Like, no, I have no idea. It's amazing, and it's incredible to watch, and I'm sure it means something. And I'm just like, I need to understand what this means the whole in the thing, context of this movie. Right. And well, I, also, like, I, I, have, I, have a th- I have thoughts about what it could mean. Like, I'm not to say I'm completely drawing a blank, but, like, yeah, in the movies. I mean, so rich. Well, the whole thing is, like, when he first falls through the floor – when he starts on, like, the vision quest or whatever, he washes up on that shore, and, like, the pelicans push him through the gate to the graveyard, and then, like, um, uh, Natsuko? Who, who's the... That's K- Kiriko? Kiriko, who's Kiriko. the old lady, who, now, this is her young. Right. And she's like, you can't go in the, like, the graveyard, draw, like, a circle around. Like, it is, like, completely... To me, it's so, all about, like, the idea that you've come to understand later that, like, this world is all the making of Grand Uncle. And so I get that, to, like, but I feel like that that specific section where he's looking through the gates into that void is, like, grief. And right. that's him, like, looking at his desire to just be like, I can escape into the void and just wallow in this grief forever. Right. And he's looking at it, and the pelicans are like, you should do that. Right. I, I don't know what the pelicans exactly represent in this sort of inner. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think like there's drawn to it, and she's like, "You can't do that, right? You will get lost in there forever." Yeah, but like, I guess what I'm saying is like the introduction of the granduncle and like what you find out this world really is. To me, ends up letting a lot of the previous nonsensical things off the hook in the sense that like. If any of us created our own dream world, it would include a bunch of random stuff that is meaningful to us only, right? Right. Like that, and so like suddenly it didn't matter to me like what the pelicans represented and what the you know all these things because I was like that they mean something to him and this is his world and like that's right. There is there is that element that they that he talks about is like he's continuously trying to balance that tower and like the pelicans are like we were brought here. To serve a purpose. Right. Because something else was out of balance. And it's like, yeah, the pelicans represent a foreign entity you introduce to, like, fix a problem. Right. become their own problem. And then you have to introduce... I don't know. The whole... What a good movie. What a crazy conversation. For anybody listening to this podcast thinking we're going to talk about Homo 3 and then be like... (laughs) But the Grand Uncle's Jenga Tower, like, and the pelicans... That has circular pieces in it. (laughs) That's fucked up. (laughs) So you just build the tower. Like, you can't. Um, no, it was very good. More than anything, it actually made me want to do a bit of a Miyazaki uh, re-watch. I don't think I'm going to do... I just... Like, I was really excited about the David Fincher blank check. I'm like, I want to watch all the David Fincher movies. I haven't watched any of them. Like, it's not enough time. I watched Seven. I turned on Seven at, like, 
11.30 at night. And I'm like, I'm going to watch like 10 minutes of this movie. And I watch the whole thing. I'm, I, as far as I remember, it's a really good movie. But The like, thing about the Miyazaki movies is they're all pretty short. Because they're all animated. Okay. They're all like 80 to 100 minutes. So I'm thinking like I could we could try to do... Like, Ponyo is just, like, a straight-up, like, kids movie, right? Like Ponyo is a jam. But I'm saying, Ponyo like, rules. my kids aren't going to be, like, like the same way that Shawnee was, like, what's happening in, in, in no, this no. movie? So you can you can absolutely show your kids Ponyo. You can absolutely show your kids Totoro. You can absolutely show them. You can probably show your older kids Spirited Away. Okay. Uh, what I want to do is do the kids ones with my kids. So Ponyo and, and, and Totoro. And then I want to watch Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, uh, Princess Mononoke, and Wind Rises. Because I've never seen it. Wind That's Rises like, is so good. Those are the uh, ones that like I'm, I want to watch. So if me, I can get into just say those again. I'm going to look at my lists. Oh, Kiki. Pon- you should watch Kiki's Delivery Service with your kids. It's a good one. All right. Um, I cannot. I cannot stand harder. Kiki Delivery Service is my number four Miyazaki movie. Interesting. What's your number one? Spirited Away. This is the greatest movie of all time. Spirited Away is the one where her parents turn into pigs. Yes, it's the the, the best movie. Like, all the best movies in cinema, your parents turn into pigs. Yeah. So Spirited Away. Uh, I think that happens to the Godfather. Uh, mm. Babe, pig in the city. Correct. His parents um. were already pigs. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was good. I'm glad I watched it. Um, okay. I, I'm excited. You should watch Castle in the Sky because you'll love Castle in the Sky. Your kids would like Castle in the Sky. That's a kid's one. You should just watch them all because they're all good. I know, but it's such a big commitment. It's the problem. You say these are the 12, these are 12 of the best movies ever made. I have to watch movies for this podcast. Unless we're doing like a Miyazaki series. It's hard to even find But we didn't watch them as kids, really. Right. It's hard. Although I would argue. Spirited Away and Mononoke count. Yeah, like watching them in that in that time period. I was still kids. Yeah. Um, anywho, uh, that was that. I'm excited that we can talk about what we're going to cover. What next. a pairing. The Boy and the Heron and Home Alone 3. <laughs> I'm a little, uh, again, I said this yeah, to so you Yeah, so it's The Boy Mike. and the Heron and The Boy and the Parrot. How did we not make this connection? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's very good. I was going to say, I really thought we were going to do Godzilla and The Boy and the Heron together uh, because they have... Uh, there's they would they would have been interesting to discuss together. But you're gonna. Okay, watch I'm gonna see week. Godzilla next week. We're gonna talk about it next week. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be great. Okay, I, my son, when he came home, uh, here's some backstory. Uh, in a fit of rage, depending on who you ask, slammed the toilet seat on his winky. <laughs> slammed our iPad on the floor and uh, cracked the screen, and we have to uh, get like a new like glass screen cover for it so they don't cut themselves using it mm-hmm. um so now every day he comes home and he takes my phone um so he has a, he has my phone right now so i i borrowed it from him to email four tweets to partial email at gmail.com so i could do a quick film twitter corner all right i have um, to do my jewish transformer okay there's a transformer called Goldbug. that's it i mean what if there was a transformer called goldberg like no, great. I, I figured. I'm saying like he's yeah. actually called Goldbug. Yeah, uh, uh, it's Goldberg, the Transformer. Oh, it's That's kind good. of a mailed in. No, I like it. Okay, someone to, sticking with the Home Alone theme. Uh, <laughs> this is a real tweet. This is why like I hate. This is, this is a good angry movie tweet. Uh, someone said, "How old were you when you found out the cop in the beginning of Home Alone is the robber?" And he said, "I was today years old." <laughs> and someone responded. Seven on the first viewing. It's a basic plot point. <laughs> okay, I watched it with my five-year-old son, five years old, and is not very uh, talkative in general as a person. And he's like, he's like, that's the cop. The first time he yeah. saw, I'm like, who are these people who don't Genius. understand that? That's insane. That's so dumb. People are so dumb. Okay. Uh, the next one, this is going a little slower because I have to go back to the email box. Uh, oh, I like this tweet. Um, this is from uh, Ian Carmel, who's a, a comedian. He says, I have this theory that Jason Statham movies should just be called Jason Statham and then whatever number they are. I'm not super into seeing the beekeeper, but if I saw a poster that said Jason Statham 38 and it said Jason Statham and a bunch of bees on it, opening night. <laughs> just probably <laughs> good. That's like the... Um... 
that that Saturday Night Live digital short, the Shailene Woodley video game. I'm <laughs> 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 playing Shailene Woodley 2K21. <laughs> yes. But it is true. All of his movies do blend together. I mean, to try to like, transporter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Do you have one more? I have. Uh, well, this is a bad one, so I'll skip that one. Uh, oh, yeah, just this one. <laughs> Natalie Portman recalls meeting King Charles III in the red carpet for The Phantom Menace. He asked me if I was in the original films. I was like, no, I'm 18. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's pretty good. Yes, yes, my king, I salute his service. Uh, uh, okay, anyway, that is Home Alone 3 and The Boy and the Heron. Um, next week, we will try to get back on track, although... Um, next week's Cliffhanger... This is Cliffhanger. Uh, well, Which let's is already say, recorded. Let's Cliffhanger's in the can. Yes, I have to edit it. But let's say two weeks to give ourselves a bit of, of runtime here. Because okay. we just released back-to-back episodes. We don't want to spoil people. Um, here's a plea for the New Year's, loyal listeners. And I'm looking at how many people listen to our newest episode. So let's just say I'm addressing all of you directly. So it wouldn't be hard to. If you like the show... Tell your friends. We want to grow this year. I think this past year, I in particular, I think Dan uh, had, he was more open to uh, publicizing ourselves more, pursuing mm. Nisaing our podcast. I, we didn't do a, a ton of it because we it was really fun just to do, and especially like our friends who listen, it's fun to like interact with them about it. Um, but maybe we can get like more listeners. Uh, yeah, tell your we, friends, leave a review. Tell your friends, leave a review. Yeah, but seriously, tell your friends. Like, hey, this is a fun show you should listen to. And then we can uh, keep growing and keep finding a new audience and keep justifying And if you doing tell this. your friends and you can provide a receipt that your friend listen, we will invite you on the podcast Ooh. to talk about a movie. That's good. This is a limited time offer. We will do it 10 times. That's good, yeah. The first 10 listeners that prove that someone listened because of them We'll get an yeah. invite to the podcast. And if they're curious how that works. You can email us at partialremail at gmail.com. Yeah, and email us at partialremail.gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Partial Remail. I will be posting more clips. Partial Recall on Instagram. What I say? Partial Remail? Partial Remail. Sorry. It's partial just a very good email address. <laughs> it's a very good email address. Partial Recall uh, on Instagram. I will try to post for every episode and then some. Uh, partial Tweet Call on Twitter. X, uh, or do we do we have a blue sky, or is that just a personal blue sky? Uh, it's just a personal blue sky for right now, but also who cares? The amount of listeners we have who might be on blue sky is not the vendor of blue sky and partial recall listeners is yeah. two separate anyway, circles. Follow us on the socials. Tell your friends. Uh, let's crank this baby up for next year. <laughs> you used to have a happy new year. <laughs> okay.